When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Day, live from the Toolkit Depot Studios at Optus Stadium. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Yeah, it's great to have your company on this uh, Tuesday. Welcome to Sports Day WA. As we mentioned for Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. Now, I'd like you to engage fairly early. We're going to speak to David Payne a bit later on. He's the left-arm fast Englishman who joined the Perth Scorchers midway through the season and will be a vital player come the final on Saturday night here at Optus Stadium. It got me thinking, actually, when you look at the Perth Scorchers and if they take off the title against the Sixers or the Heat, who play Thursday night on Saturday night, it'll be five BBL titles, the most by any of the franchise. But who, in your opinion, has been the best ever performer for the Perth Scorchers through their journey? Has it been Brad Hogg? Has it been Sean Marsh? Has it been the pace attack? And you have produced a few. Is it AJ Ty? Is it Jason Berendorf? Go back to the early days. Of course, Adam Voges, now the coach, was the player. But if you had to single out one individual that you felt, if you had to pick from one to ten, the greatest ever per Scorchers players, who would sit at number one for you? Let's get a, a bit of a poll going, and I'll acknowledge those as they come through and see if we can identify who the Sports Day WA listeners feel is the top of the tree, the number one pick when it comes to the Perth Scorchers. And you can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736, or give us a call if you like, 13 12 55. We spoke to Craig Simmons the other night, in fact, uh, yesterday, and even though he won't sit at number one, I don't think there's ever been a player that's caused that much excitement. I know Brad Hogg caused a lot of excitement and he had a bit of a cult following with the Perth Scorchers family at the Furnace, which was the Wacker. But as far as bludgeoning bowlers, I'm just wondering whether there's anyone that really excited anybody more than Craig Simmons. And as we mentioned, we featured him last night. He scored 100 off 39 balls. But if you had to pick the top, let's go top three of the Perth Scorchers, one, two, three, all time, who would you go? Just repeating that, temper of bedshed, text machine, 0487 736 736. Go to it and see if we can get a bit of a list between now and six o'clock and see if we can identify one, two, and three and who would sit at the top of the pile. The hot topic uh, for Repco, for expert car service, book into your local Repco authorised service centre, Well, as you've heard, uh, the West Coast Eagles have decided on their leadership department. Congratulations to Luke Shuey. 
He'll lead the club as a captain for the fourth successive season as Tom Barras was also rewarded for a stellar 2022. Shuey has retained the captaincy despite questions over his form and maybe durability after the Eagles announced their full leadership group today. Uh, even though he's no certainty to captain this year after the team had that horror two-win 2022 season, it appears that the players wanted him. And uh, congratulations to Luke Shuey. And let's hope for more reports, and it's a different pre-season. I think this time last year we were talking about West Coast Eagles players breaking down, but they seem to be getting through touch with their pre-season in pretty good uh, way this time around with no injury problems. Uh, Tom Barras uh, will be involved in the leadership group. Congratulations to him. And uh, Luke Shuey, 32-year-old. He played 17 games in 2022. But as we know, he did battle soft to uh, soft tissue injuries in recent seasons. So the question now remains, question now remains, Fremantle. And they always said, even before Christmas, they won't make a decision on its captaincy until late in the 2023 preseason. How late remains to be seen. And whether that uh, photo, that team photo last year gave anything away with Nat Five and Alex Pierce flanking uh, the uh, coach, maybe that could be indication. But there's still talk that AFL MVP Andrew Brayshaw will be uh, certainly considered. Uh, as we know, Nat Fife is the third most capped Frio captain, having steered the Dockers in 57 games since assuming the role back in 2017, as well as four games as acting captain behind Matthew Pavlich, 190 games, and Peter Bell, 107. So we see what happens with the team in purple. Norman Cal says, regarding the Perth Scorchers, Mitch Johnson, Pete, he was a scorcher. I think he was. He certainly was. So as far as Norm's concerned, maybe uh, the likes of Mitch Johnson uh, could be pretty highly regarded as one of the leading Perth Scorchers players during what has been a very celebrated uh, performance by our very own BBL side. Brad Hogg, as we know, he won titles under the captaincy of Simon Kadich and Adam Voger. Simon Kadich was a very good performer. Herschel Gibbs was a very good performer for the Perth Scorchers. I love broadcasting Herschel Gibbs. He was exciting. He had a strike rate of about 140 and one was one of the best imports that we ever brought, Herschel Gibbs. Uh, one, AJ Ty, Two, Brad Hogg. Three, Simon Kadich. That's come through on the SMS. One, two, three. Let's see how we go. Uh, no, Mitch Johnson, Norm, in the other one that we've got through. AJ at number one who just played his 100th match for the Perth Scorchers. Two, Hoggy, three, Simon Kadish. I'm working with Hoggy actually on Saturday night on the SEN Network to broadcast uh, the BBL Decider or the grand final as we know it. And uh, I'll mention to Hoggy where he gets ranked by the Sports Day WA family. Give us your thoughts and I'll relay it on to him actually on Saturday night. But at the moment, AJ... Mitchell Johnson, Brad Hogg, Simon Kadich are some of the contenders. So give us your best three scorchers on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Also later on, uh, today half of the Australian cricket team left for India ahead of that much-anticipated four-test series 
on the subcontinent uh, and the other half will leave tomorrow. Steve Smith actually did leave today and this is what he had to say after winning the Allen Border Medal last night. Yeah, four times just makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, extremely humbled to, to be up here. Um, it's been a... My last four months, I've, I've changed a lot of things. I've, I've worked incredibly hard on my game to get myself back playing the way I wanted to play. So, um, no, I'm really, really pleased. I, I certainly don't play for for these kind of accolades, but um, it's been a, a tremendous 12 months with the Australian team. I think we've overcome some some really good hurdles and played some tremendous cricket. So, um, no, really humbled. Um, geez, I'm amongst some, some pretty special players here and yeah, like I said, I certainly don't play for, for these kind of accolades. I literally just go out and try and score as many runs as I can and help the team out in any way that I can. So um, yeah, it's nice to have, I guess, ticked off a few milestone, milestones along the way, but um, yeah, I'm just going to keep trying to get better and um, hopefully contribute to some success over the next couple of months. Yeah, fantastic series coming up. Peter Lawler's going to join us. He's going to be travelling uh, to India, one of the most respected cricket journalists in the country. I'll speak to him a bit later on about his thoughts on going to the subcontinent. As I mentioned, I'm looking at the uh, best three scorchers uh, in the BBL of all time. Interesting, Spurrier of Bustleton has come through on the temperate bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. He says, Simon Kadich, and even though he didn't play, but Justin Langer, he set the culture for what we have today for the Perth Scorchers. Josh from Canning Vale says it's got to be number one, AJ Ty, two, Simon Kadich, and three, Ashton Turner. And we've seen what Ashton Turner has done for the Scorchers in his role as captain of the side. He's pulled him out of the mire a few times in BBL 12, which is this season. AJ seems to lead the way at the moment. Simon Kadich is uh, up his ginger and uh, Ashton Turner is getting his first votes from Josh from Canning Vale. So we'll continue that and uh, we'll see how it all pans out. Get involved. The top three. One, two, three, as we head towards another BBL final, this time at Optus Stadium, uh, featuring, uh, featuring the Perth Scorchers against either the Sydney Sixers or the Brisbane Heat. We'll speak to one of the new Scorchers, and he's going to have a big part to play, let me tell you, Saturday night. Left arm fast bowler. He's from England. His name is David Payne. We'll introduce you to him next here on Sports Day WA. Great to have your company here on uh, Sports Day WA. We're live from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium. You can join in any time on the Temperate Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. And uh, we're keen to find out from you now who would you rank as the top three per scorchers during their time in the BBL. They're gearing up to play the final at Optus Stadium. It could be five BBL titles, which is incredible. By far the most successful franchise. Roy says, I'm going one Brad Hogg, two AJ Ty, three Mitch Johnson. Best scorchers of all time and most fashionable. So we're telling all these up and we'll let you know who is uh, the overall top three and the overall winner. 
Uh, let's have a chat to one of the new additions to the uh, Perth Scorchers lineup. I've got him on the screen here. Very handsome young man. I believe it's his birthday in a couple of weeks too. 15th of February, I've just seen. I think he turns uh, the ripe old age of, what is it, 32? Anyway, David Payne, how are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, welcome to, firstly, Western Australia. I know you came in midway through the BBL campaign. Firstly, can I ask you, your first time at Perth? It's not, actually. I came out here, it's first time, obviously, the Scorchers, but I came out a few years ago, just before COVID hit, and just wanted to summon sun on my back. I stayed with Cam Bancroft, because I knew him from him coming over to England and being our overseas, and he kindly put me up for a month, and I just enjoyed Perth, really. I did a little bit of bowling at the Scorchers in the Nets and just did some training, and, um, yeah, it was a lovely month, actually. In fact, you mentioned Pecan Pancroft. You had a bit of a link with a few of the Scorchers, didn't you? I think it was Michael Klinger you knew, AJ Ty you knew, and Cam Bancroft. So no doubt that was a, a nice invitation to, to wear orange as well. Definitely. Those guys, every all of them, when they came, always raved about how how good it is playing for the Scorch and stuff and what a what a team it is. And, and to be fair, they, they haven't lied. And I've, uh, I've loved every minute of being part of the Scorchers at the moment. It's interesting. I've seen it a bit on uh, television. The T20, oh, sorry, we know the T20 league, which is uh, what you're playing at the moment. What about T10? I saw that played, I think, in the United Arab Emirates. Is that correct, where they played it? And Peter Hatsoglu, I think, played in that format of the sport. What are your thoughts on T10 compared to T20? Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I had, there was myself, you say, Pete Hatsoglu and AJ Tyrell in the same team in our, in the UAE in that T10 league. It was it was a bit crazy. Like, the games are over in a blink, it feels like. They are extremely short. It is as advertised that it's the the world's shortest format. And it's the games of thick and fast. You play three games a day. Like, obviously not your team, but three matches are pretty much played every day. And, and the tournament's done in the space of about 10, 11 days, I think. Um, but actually, I don't know, for a player, I found it a lot of fun. And it's still a decent standard because the amount of, there's about nine overseas players in each team. And um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I'd be definitely open to be going going and doing it again. And it's um, it's a good challenge as a bowler, that's for sure. Tell us about the Welsh Fire, who you played uh, the short form of the game in the 100 in uh, the UK. How do you compare it to the Big Bash here in Australia? You know what? I actually, I've Welsh Fire obviously notoriously we've not been the greatest franchise over the last two years with our success rate. But actually, as a the hundreds of tournament, um, I I can't floor at the moment. It's um, I think it's been fantastic for English cricket. And now having experienced the the Big Bash, I feel like they're they're quite similar. And that I would have said there was a definite gulf between England's T20 league, the Blast, and the Big Bash. But now that they've introduced the 100, I think that gap is, is pretty close if there even is one. Um, and I find them very similar. I think the, the crowds you get, the who's turning up, like the amount of kids that are turning up to the 100 games, um, I've found it a huge step up in, in everything, really, in standard, in, say, in attendance, in, in quality of everything. And, um, yeah, so it's probably helped with my transition to come over here and playing in the Big Bash. Um, the, the 100 does feel very similar to it. You're a young man. We'll talk about the Scorchers in a moment. Your great performance uh, in the previous game, three for 33, two court and bowl chances, which was a great effort. 
Dave Warner said something interesting uh, at the Allen Border Medal Night last night, feeling that because of the the riches that are on offer now in the T20 competitions around the world, that young cricketers may be lured away from Test cricket or representing England, as in your case, or Australia or India, to try and maybe capitalise on the financial fortunes that are around the world for T20 cricket. What are your thoughts on the future of Test cricket as Australia today embark and leave for the subcontinent to take on India in a four-test series? And we've got the Ashes, of course, later this year. Yeah. Do you know what? I think... I do truly believe that Test cricket's always going to have a place because I think you speak to a lot of professional cricketers and they'll still say their favourite format is the long format because of that that feeling of a result that you get at the end of grafting for four days, five days. There's nothing quite like it. But I don't think anyone's also going to argue that it's going to become increasingly more difficult to keep young players attracted to the Red Bull game and stay in the Red Bull. I think they'll all start it and they'll all want to be a part of it, but I think it'll be easier for them to then drop it and move on with the attraction of the amount of money that is going to be available to them if they if they're a good white ball player and i think that is is going to be a challenge that that someone's going to have to face um the icc or whoever it is and governing bodies and how they keep that that attraction to the red bull players really saying that Perth Scorchers, Saturday night, it's going to be huge. They're expecting over 50,000 people. You wouldn't have played in front of a crowd that big, surely, because the English grounds are a lot smaller. No, exactly. I've played, yeah. I, I was said this morning I did a bit of media, and I'm, I'm, I'm not great with capacities at grounds in England, so I don't know. Like I've been lucky enough to play in front of pretty much full houses at Headingley and Edgbaston and Lords, but I don't think they hold anywhere near as much as Optus, and I think, I, I imagine even on the the game the other night was probably the biggest crowd I've played in front of. So to actually then see it go a step up again, hopefully for Saturday, I think is a bit, at the moment, it's a bit insane in my head. And I, I can't, I literally just picture it full to the rafters and just can't wait to see what it actually looks like on Saturday. So saying that, you've bowled on many a wicket. Uh, Western Australia and the old Wacker ground had the characteristics of being bouncy, fast and certainly plenty of carry. And there's a bit of that here at the Optus Stadium drop-in pitch. Your thoughts on it? After all, you'd be pretty happy because every time you've taken the ball here at Optus, you've claimed a few scalps and that was a great performance the other night. As I mentioned, three for 33 and two court and bowl chances. Yeah, I have really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed Australia in in general, to be honest, because obviously it is renowned for having more pace and bounce in general than England. I think the the wickets in England you do tend to, especially as seasons go on and there's so much cricket being played and poor ground staff are trying to reuse wickets and keep them as lively as possible. They do naturally get lower and slower as it goes on. But um, no, over here it does. It feels nice that you don't have to feel like you're trying giving 120 20% to get the ball to carry through to the wicketkeeper and it feels I think it's something I've found really nice that I've bowled almost within myself and just relaxed and, and not worried about pace too much and um, I think Optus have just been fantastic cricket wickets really I think uh, the uh, the other night when, when um, we scored 200 plus against the Renegades shows they're, they're good enough wickets that if you bat well you can score lots of runs and then I think if you bowl well, you're in the game as well. I think, as I said, I think they're just fantastic cricket wickets, really. Just a couple of more questions before we let you go. Uh, 
We want to find out a bit more about David Payne. But firstly, uh, Ashton Turner is a skipper. Uh, he seems to be making the right calls. Are your thoughts on his leadership? Yeah, I can't fault him to be fair. And I'm not just, I'm not just saying that. Um, I think he, he does so much preparation behind the scenes going into every game that he takes so much pressure off of us, I guess. Like I obviously coming over here, I've not, I don't know the players as the, the opposition as well as I would if I was back home. And naivety has probably been a bit bliss for me. But um, when it's come to situations, AT is always at mid off and he knows every plan to every batter, what they're going to look to do, what's the best plan for us. And, um, but he does it all with a complete calm and collected head. I've never seen him lose his cool at any point. You know, he, he just seems the, the perfect leadership figure to me. Would you like to come back next season if invited? If I'm invited, I'll be biting their hand off. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, and tell us about your aspirations going forward. Uh, you've still got plenty of years in cricket. As we know, we, we see Sean Marsh, our very own, who's turning 40 this year, and he's still hitting the ball beautifully for the Melbourne Renegades and will play shield cricket here. Uh, what are your aspirations? Yeah, look, I've had a small taste of international cricket, one ODI and a, and a couple of T20 squads, and that's still going to always be the dream for me in all formats. At the moment, I think the Red Bulls probably slipping a little bit away from because of age and things. But um, in terms of England's white ball stuff, I feel very much in the mix still, and um, and and that's that's going to be the goal, as I say, always. That um, that's for me the the top of the game, the pinnacle of the game, playing for your country, and um, that's going to be the the top goal. But among that, this was a huge goal from his way playing playing in the big bash, playing in overseas leagues. I think um, is a great challenge as well, and that that will be the next goal always sitting underneath to just um, continue to do well and, and try and play around the world as much as I can. All right, three final questions, just one answer questions. Your favourite cricketer when you were growing up? Uh, Andrew Flintoff. Andrew Flintoff, the all-rounder. Favourite pastime away from cricket? Golf. Golf, you love your golf. Your favourite football yeah. club back in the UK? Uh, I'm a Bournemouth boy, born and bred, so... Uh, the uh, Cherries. I'm, yeah, it will be the cherries. Uh, good stuff. And your favourite holiday destination outside home? Oh, New Zealand. New Zealand, uh, the land <laughs> of the long white cloud. Fantastic. David, congratulations. It's going to be a big event on Saturday night. Good luck. Uh, you've certainly made a significant contribution to the Perth Scorchers, the BBL 12 edition, and we wish you the best of luck. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, David Payne uh, from the Scorchers joining us here on Sports Day WA. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Great to have your company. Gee, nice talking to David Payne. What a nice young man and certainly has contributed nicely to the Perth Scorchers campaign in BBL 12 and will be a very important player uh, with his left arm over the wicket bowling to the right-handed batsman on Saturday. It gets underway at 4.30 
I've got to let him know that the, this stage, the forecast top is 39 degrees for Saturday, so it's going to be a real scorcher if it does uh, go that way. Things sometimes do change by a degree or two as the days get closer, but at this stage it's going to be 39 degrees for Saturday and uh, tickets are flying out the door. They're expecting a crowd of in excess of 50,000, which would be great to see. So what we're doing, tomorrow night I'll speak to Sean Marsh about the second BBL title that the Scorchers won. He was the man of the match. And also we'll talk to him about his experience at the Melbourne Renegades this season and his future on the verge of turning 40 years of age. Sean Marsh, uh, what a trooper he's been. Uh, Leon from Hocking, as we look at the top three Perth Scorchers players of all time, has gone Mitch Johnson at number one, Brad Hogg at number two, and Ashton Turner at number three. Here's another one. Uh, no name to this one. Best scorchers of all time and most fashionable. One, Brad Hogg. Two, AJ Ty. Three, Mitch Johnson. And that is quite a popular trifecta at the moment. Norman Cowell goes Brad Hogg, one. AJ Ty, two. Mitch Johnson, three. So there you go. There's that trio once more. Now, Lisa at Ellenbrook, a great supporter of Sports Day, says, Hi, Pete. Great show. My best players for Scorchers, Brad Hogg, one. Michael Klinger, two. Mitchell Johnson, three. So I will give you the final tally or who we sort of look at one, two, three in about five minutes' time when we close the temperate bedshed text machine for this poll. So get in now, zero four eight seven. 736 736 because in about five minutes time we'll be speaking to Peter Lawler the uh, very well respected cricket journalist he's going to give us his thoughts on the upcoming four test tour between Australia and India he flies out on Sunday as we mentioned some of the players flew out today including Steve Smith after winning his fourth Allen Border medal last night and some of the other players will fly out uh, tomorrow so get on the uh, temperate bedshed text machine, that number again, uh, 123, I'm looking for the best scorchers of all time, 0487 736 736, uh, or you can get on the Kia open line at 13 12 55. And, of course, this is Sports Day, all thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. Let's have a look at some sports headlines for tyre power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. And fans will be granted free entry to all AFL pre-season games with the league announcing the schedule for its sole round of official practice matches. Now, for our teams, match simulation against Port Adelaide for the West Coast Eagles has been confirmed for Friday, February 24. Bounce down at 4.40. Now, the match simulation matches will be played this way is that the clash will be played over six periods, four periods of 28 minutes and two periods of 20 minutes with no time on. And then on Friday, March the 3rd, the West Coast Eagles will take on Adelaide at Mineral Resources Park at a 4.40 start there under normal conditions. Now, the Fremantle Dockers at their Victor George's Kalis Oval, which is at the club's Coburn Central headquarters, they'll host their AFL opposition in match sim. They'll take on Adelaide Friday, 24th of Feb with a bounce down at 3.30. And then on Thursday, March 2, they'll take on Port Adelaide at Fremantle Oval 
And that gets underway at 4.10 local time. As I mentioned earlier, Luke Shuey has been endorsed as the West Coast Eagles captain for a fourth consecutive season. Uh, he was anointed the club's 12th captain leading into the 2020 campaign and was overwhelmingly supported by players and staff to continue in his role. Four-time All-Australian, now Jerry McGum will continue as vice-captain and will be joined in that capacity by last year's club champion, Tom Barris, succeeds Nick Natanui as co-vice-captain. Natanui and also Shannon Hearn did not seek formal leadership roles this season. Now, the Matildas are set to play on the biggest stage of the FIFA Women's World Cup, following the announcement that their opener on July 20 has been moved to the larger capacity Stadium Australia. Now, following huge demand for tickets, the global governing body has continued to face pressure to move the clash, and Stadium Australia's 83,500-seat capacity has been now ticked off, allowing an extra 40,000 extra fans to witness the occasion. So some big news there for the Matildas, led by our very own Sam Kerr, and it's going to be an incredible event. And we can let you know, actually, that uh, SEN Network will be uh, the official radio host broadcaster of the FIFA Women's World Cup. And I look forward to calling the matches here in Perth uh, from HBF Park. So looking forward to that. Just before we give you the final results, and you've still got time, the top three Perth Scorchers in BBL history as we head towards Saturday night's blockbuster against either the Sydney Sixers or the Brisbane Heat. Who have been the top three at the moment? has been the likes of Hogg, Mitch Johnson, Ashton Turner, AJ Ty, uh, a few others. Uh, Simon Caddish has been thrown in the mix. Justin Lang has been thrown in the mix because of his role in those early years as the coach. Uh, still a couple of minutes before we give you the final results, but they won't have the Perth Scorchers on Saturday night. Lance Morris, uh, the wild thing, because he's on the plane to India. There it is, the Trogs from 1968, I think it was, Wild Thing. Oh, great song. They don't make music like that anymore, let me tell you, Lee and Jimmy. Um, the Lance Morris, the Wild Thing, says he can bowl even faster than what he's bowling at the moment. Uh, I think, that, yeah, there's definitely... I'm, ne I'm not really, like, happy with where my... My action is, is pretty good at the moment, but there's definitely some technical tweaks and things like that that I'm always sort of... Tuning, tuning up or working on. So I think um, moving forward, if I can, if I can make a few technical tweaks, I, I will be able to bowl uh, at least quicker for longer. But um, yeah, I think there is there is some potential there. So um, hopefully we'll see what happens. So there you go. That's Lance Morris. A wild thing. Play it again. A couple of more bars here, Lee. <laughs> I love it. Takes me back to my childhood when I had long hair. All right, uh, here's the final uh, voting for the three best scorchers of all time. Coming in, we'll go top four, actually, because there's been a tie. At number four, AJ Tye. At number three, Ash Turner. Mm. At number two, Mitchell Johnson. And I've got to work with him. If I tell him this, his head will get so big. But anyway, number one, Brad Hogg, the Perth Scorchers all-time 
favourite, according to our Sports Day WA listeners. Okay, let's go now to Test Cricket. Looking forward to this. Peter Lawler is a cricket writer and one of the leading cricket writers in the country, writes for the Australian newspaper. And he joins me here on Sports Day WA. Pete, thanks for your time. Yeah, nice to have your company too, Peter. Well, after a couple of underwhelming tours uh, during our Australian summer with the West Indies and South Africa, I tell you what, a lot of people have been waiting for this one on the subcontinent. Oh, it's a tantalising, tantalising prospect, isn't it? I've got to say, there's two tantalising prospects, isn't there? The After this, we've got England and the Ashes, and I've never seen England looking better ahead of an Ashes. But you are right, the Border Gavaska Trophy, and I don't think I've seen the Australian team better placed to win the, the BG in India since 2004 when they did it last. Yeah, and of course, led by I think Glenn McGrath and Jason Gillespie, uh, the pace attack did the job all those years ago. It might be a, bit, a little bit different this time around. Don't forget Michael Kasperovitz too, who kept <laughs> them sort of on the straight and narrow. He was kind of he was your. Uh, he was the poor guy who got carried to tours of India and told to bowl a lot, wasn't he, because of what he provided. Yes, it'll be different. I remember saying to Darren Lehman in recent years, like, why don't you just use that tactic that you used in 2004? The three seamers who bowled the vast majority of the overs and that bloke Shane Warne, and, and Warney played three of the four tests, didn't play the last one, but he, he didn't have a huge impact on tests, but he was very, very good. Um and Lehman's reply was, "It's real. The conditions have deteriorated considerably every tour that since since then. You know, in, India really turns out these uh, raging Turner wickets, which they didn't so much in 2004." Saying that, there was that two-day spin camp there at North Sydney Secondary Oval. Uh, Ashton Agar mm. was deprived of playing in the Big Bash match at the weekend. Todd Murphy was there. Mitchell Schwepsons were there. Nathan Lyon. I don't think I recall that ever happening before an overseas tour. That was quite unique. Yeah, they, they did something similar before Pakistan. You'll re- recall that they didn't play a tour game in Pakistan, and I think tour games are going the way of the dodos, I'm afraid, these days. No one wants to play them. But they went down to Melbourne and they did something similarly, similar. They knocked up a sort of Pakistan-style wicket in the... I think it was in the practice nets at the MCG. So that's kind of the way these guys roll these days. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go, I reckon. Like, I think a few of them are holding up their hands. I've heard Warner say twice recently how tired he is. And I think he's kind of whining for Australia on this one because from what I hear, I think Usman, um, Labashane, Smith and he, the guys who played BBL after the Test Series, have found it harder than they thought. I mean, David can't win. He got a lot of money for doing it. But I think they found that sort of fly-in, fly-out nature of the BBL was quite taxing on the end of a summer. And uh, I think Smitty had to fly over to Perth and back, didn't he? Mm. He won't get any sympathy from people who live in Perth and have to fly across the continent <laughs> all the time. But I think there's a few tired boys uh, getting on that plane. Half of them left today. Smith was among them, but Warner leaves tomorrow. The guys that left today got the short straw. They they have to do a stopover in Singapore on the way across. But the, the guys that fly tomorrow, I think, have a direct flight. Saying that, when you look at the batting, which is going to be a real key to try and combat the spin of Gadeja and, of course, Ashwin and co, 
Really, only Stephen Smith has a healthy average above 30. Is it going to be a dangerous situation? Does our batters need to stand up? Oh, absolutely, 100%. You have a look at the inning scores on the last tour in 2016. You know, 250, 280 is kind of a par score, I think, in a lot of those venues that you go to. So I reckon you could end up in a situation where if you've got if you've got a couple of batters averaging high 30s, mid 40s, you've done very well. It is just so difficult to score runs in India. You talk about past experiences. Hopefully, everyone's better for their past experiences in India. Um, I'm very excited to see how Smith's going. I don't think I've seen a bat. I don't think I've seen a batsman in better form for a long, long, long time. He's in thrilling form. And if things go right, he could be absolutely critical over there. But we've got remember we've got Usman Khawaja, who once upon a time couldn't play spin. Uh, these days, he, he he's a very good player of spin. But Alex Carey in the middle there, who's a fantastic sweeper of the ball, which is really necessary over in India. And uh, I watched Cam Green play the sweep shot in uh, Sri Lanka earlier in the year. And that good innings he made seventy odd, didn't he? I think was it the first test. Mm. Um, so I think they're better equipped. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. But look, you got to you got to temper any excitement you have. You know, since that 2004 series, I think Australia been over there four times since. They won one test. In the, I've got this written down here. In the 56 tests played in India in the last 12 years. India has lost only four of them, three to England and one to Australia. It is the hardest prospect in modern cricket, winning in India, if you're the away side. Saying that, it makes it so exciting. I did an extended interview with Cam Green when he was over here, uh, but just before one mm. of the broadcasts of the Perth Scorchers match. And, of course, he had his uh, hand in a bit of a splint and, and all bandaged. And I said, how are you going? He was hopeful that it'd be okay by the first test in India. But reports are suggesting he won't be and won't bowl in the first test that gets underway in about 10 days' time. Yeah, McDonald was certainly indicating that, wasn't he? Um, I wonder why, to be honest with you. Like, McDonald was indicating there's more chance of batting than bowling. If he's got pins in that finger, I would have thought you'd just as much do probably more chance of doing damage to a batting than you are mm. bowling. But anyway, I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> I'm a hack. But the... The risk that he cannot bat and bowl, his absence from that first test uh, in either of those disciplines is massive, absolutely massive. It throws the whole selection out of order. And it, and it highlights something that's sort of dawned on me over the last few years is just how important Cam Green is. To be honest, with you, you, you put Cam Green in there and you pick everyone else around him. He gives you so much flexibility. You take him out. Suddenly you've, you've you've got headaches, haven't you? Who do you play? Where do you play them? Do you, you know, do you do, go the the two? You have to, suddenly the three spinners is completely out of the question, isn't it? Without a camera. Yeah. So saying that with Nathan Lyon, and we'll need to spin the Indian batsman out. You'd think. Uh, what about mm. the you know Agar, Schweppes, and Murphy? Certainly not experienced campaigners when it comes to these sort of conditions. So a lot will rest on the shoulders of Nathan Lyon. Who will come? Do you think? as the best support for him? Ashton Agar, I think. I think Ashton Agar's front, uh, front and centre to do that. They like him a lot. He's been around for a long time. He knows his cricket. He's very confident of it. Um, I'd be very worried about blooding a young spinner over there. Um, 
I've I've seen the Indians take down, you know, even even spinners as good as Shane Warne. On their first couple of tours of India, the first thing they did was take him down in tour matches. They won't get that chance now. But the, the, the Indian players are excellent players of spin, and they will target anybody who's not completely on top of their game. But uh, I reckon, I reckon Ashton Agar's a lock for that first mm. test, isn't he? It's so important, isn't it, that this series keeps the life of Test cricket at the forefront. As we know, a lot of the major nations—we've seen the West Indies sort of falter a bit. You know, Pakistan mm. hit and miss. Mm. Sri Lanka's having issues. It's now England, India, possibly Australia, and even New Zealand have maybe just drifted off a bit. How important it is for the lifeblood of cricket that this is a damn good series. Oh, it's very important. It's important for Australia. It's important for India. I mean, I think that, and and I'm not alone in this, it's of equal weight with the Ashes these days, this border Gavaska thing. Um, It's great that you need to have some good cricket over in India. I think you will. I mean, India's a nation that that loves, still loves test cricket. It may not show up. (laughs) The crowds aren't great, but I don't blame them. Mm. If you've ever been to those stadiums and sit there, without any shade all day at the test cricket. It's a big ask. But, um, yeah, it's a big, it's, it's a huge series. It's, it's a huge series. Peter, as we let you go, you're a well-travelled cricket journalist. Uh, what do you like about going to India, apart from the passion that the locals do deliver? What do you like about covering an Australian series on the subcontinent, in particular, India? How long have you got? I've been travelling to India since before I was a before I was a cricket journal. I was a hippie travelling around. Oh, India. Right, yeah. oh, I absolutely love the place. I say I say this: if you're bored in India, check your pulse because you're possibly dead. It is just <laughs> an endlessly fascinating place, and the cricket's fascinating. The pictures are fascinating. You're out of your comfort zone. You're always looking around, thinking, "What the hell's going on here?" And and you know, away from the cricket and at the cricket. It's just a unique place. You just it, They've broken the mould over there. Well, you know, the mould that we live in, the ruts that we live in, it's, it's a different approach to life. It's a different approach to cities, to food, mm. to culture. Yeah, it's, it's just great fun. It's, it's just such an energetic place. It really brings you to life. I remember years ago when I was still doing this gig, I used to speak to Mike Coward, uh, the respected cricket journalist, and he used – it's almost like you now being Mike Coward talking to me about India because he loved the place as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by 2004 was my first tour of India, and Mike was the uh, senior cricket columnist for the Australian, which I was working for at the time. And I remember going over there thinking, "Gee, Mike's an old man. He's almost at the you know he's at the end of his career." Well, guess what? I'm older than Mike now. <laughs> Thanks very much. Oh, anyway, Pete, safe travels. We look forward to reading your coverage. Very experienced journalist. You love your cricket. You love India. And it will be riveting reading and it will be a riveting test series. Thanks for spending some time with us. And as I said, safe travels to the subcontinent. Great to chat. Thank you very much. Yes, coming up 626. That's it for Sports Day on this Wednesday. But let me tell you about the Perth Wildcats. As you know, Friday night against Cairns, Sunday against the Kings Beauty. Last two regular season matches. Uh, Jimmy Williams is calling, I think, Friday night, aren't you, Jimmy? Good on you, mate. 
It'll be a good call. Tip off at uh, 6.30 p.m. And for New Farm Australian through and through. Perth's weather tomorrow. We're in for a 35-degree day, dropping to a low of 18 tonight. Uh, east southeast winds 25 to 40 knots. 35 degrees a forecast top for Thursday. 39 for Saturday, boys. Yep, that for the big uh, Scorchers final. Bunbury, by the way, tomorrow, 15 to 31. Thanks to New Farm's products. They're formulated with the highest quality right here in Oz. New Farm Australian through and through. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. I've enjoyed it. Lovely having a chat to David Payne and also Peter Lawler as well. And thanks for your reaction to the three best scorches of all time. Congratulations to Bradley Hogg, judged number one by our Sports Day WA listeners. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy. I'll catch you tomorrow from five right here.